Okay. So oh, this is I gotta I, I stop. you're ruining everything. You're I'm ruining, ruining I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna be uninvited. Just ramping up ramping up your anxiety more and more. It's so bad. Everyone oh. hates us. <laughs> Here we are. What is this? Episode three? Yes. Episode three. Boom. How how are you? I'm good, you know. My husband's out of town, so it's just me and the babe. Party. I yeah, yeah my wife was out doing some Mother's Day Monday stuff. Basically oh, nice. your your idea or someone's nice. idea that yes. you commented on on LinkedIn. Coworker um, Cass. Shout out Coworker Cass. Cass. Shout out Coworker Cass. Um we need. We just need another T-shirt now that just says "coworker yeah. Cass." Co- be like um, coworker Cass. Be more like coworker Cass. Yeah, my wife is off with her siblings and mother, so I was on double baby duty, um, and it went beautifully. Good, better than the other day when they were being little hellions. Holy smokes! Yeah, it was <laughs> the easiest. I think my anxiety about it is lowering, which I think really helps. Also, yes, that's good. Is yeah. it? they can feel that it's going to be fine because dad's going to be fine. And dad knows that he's going to be fine. He's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. fine. Everything's great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. So episode three, do you want to kind of outline um, the prompt, what we were after, sort of how it went on your end? So I'm going to read your post. Uh, We're just going to read it. How does that sound? Just the prompt. Let's do it. That sounds great. Okay. So you said one of the biggest themes of the show so far is not being afraid to fail. We'd love to include your stories in this episode. Can you leave us a voicemail or text us a voice memo with your biggest and baddest failures at work? Don't be shy. And I don't think people were shy. So I'm quite excited to hear the responses that we got and to dive into it. Excellent. And uh, we were specifically looking, and this is where we're stretching the boundaries of the show already. When we asked for text responses, just LinkedIn posts, uh, LinkedIn comments, or texts to the hotline, mm-hmm. I feel like we got a lot. We got a lot of action. People yeah. really like texting or just commenting. Mm-hmm. This week, we said, "Hey, we want to hear your voices on the pod." Um, and how did that go on your end? Uh, no one from my group <laughs> called in, which is fine. I didn't really do a lot of campaigning. Probably could have shopped it a little bit more on my end, but yeah, it's quite all. It's quite all right. I yeah. I pushed it pretty hard on my side. <laughs> good, that's so good. Because <laughs> I just wanted to. It's an experiment, right? I yeah. wanted to see. I don't know. I just wanted to see how it would feel to have other people um sharing their stories mm-hmm. so i yeah you don't I have to call, listen to did, us all the time yeah, that's nice yeah I, it's real nice that's the whole goal so i pulled the friends and family card uh and campaigned pretty hard and you're gonna hear you're gonna hear from some of the people that i just love and cherish most in that's my life good. so that's it'll be good. really interesting Okay, so I'm gonna set this set up this clip, right? So this is uh, this is Michelle, and uh, she's a former coworker when I uh, originally started my podcast back in 2016 or 17 that I never did anything with. Um, she was one of the first people that I interviewed. So, um, oh, awesome! Yeah, this is Michelle. She's got a funny like snafu uh, with a former coworker that we'll start it off with. So back in the day in college, I worked as student staff in this little math department, and it it was our job to help host little mix and mingles for the math professors and students. And one of my coworkers was in charge of ordering food for the event. So my boss told her, hey, just order like 50 donuts or so, that should be enough for everybody. 
And I don't know what happened, if it was just like a slip of the finger, but my friend, instead of ordering 50 donuts, he ordered 50 dozen donuts. And we didn't realize that that had happened until a few days later when the delivery arrived and they pushed in carts full of donuts. And my boss asked, how many donuts did you bring to us today? And they said, oh, 600, 600 donuts. That's what you ordered. <laughs> and it was uh, way overboard, way more than we needed, and we weren't able to obviously return them. And so we had donuts for days just sitting in our office, and my boss told us to just text all of our friends because we had a donut disaster and had to get rid of them as quickly as possible. I would say that was probably a pretty good work sale. Uh, wow. Not I mean, bad, that's right? kind of like, yeah, that's a nice problem to have, in my opinion. But... Yeah, I was going to say, that's your that's your dream, is having 600 donuts. <laughs> Just 600 donuts <laughs> all around. I feel like people are going to, like, listen to this and be like... Is Jordan okay? <laughs> like, does she just eat sugar? Anyway, but that... I mean, is... I think it was the first episode you said <laughs> you were made of sugar. <laughs> I I am. I'm basically Willy Wonka. Do you see these bangs in this pale skin? I am Johnny Depp, so... Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. That, that is... There's nothing like burning company money <laughs> on accident. Oh, my gosh. Accident. Can you imagine? No. Yeah, that one... I, no. Have you, ever, have you ever done anything like that? Um, I mean, I, since I'm doing events now at Domo, um, I will spend like, I, we spent almost a thousand dollars on food for the last event and that felt like, mm -hmm. okay, I don't know if this is allowed. It was allowed, but yeah. So it, that would stress me out. I actually have a similar story that I need to pull up that we can maybe read next, but I want to hear your thoughts. No, that one. People know, people know better. Don't, don't give me company credit cards. Um, mm -hmm. so doesn't doesn't really happen on my end yeah yeah what's my, what's the story you wanted to read so these are these are my two contributions this is one of them so contribution number one from my lovely co-worker carly so she messaged me this is in the form of just a text and i'm just gonna read it she, she says, I was in marketing at the time and was helping to plan an event. There was a lot of drama happening at the office and rumors of them dissolving the marketing team because they were planning on firing the director and they wanted to start fresh because we all really love yes. our director. Anywho, had a lot on my mind, but shouldn't excuse what happened. But I was working with all our vendors and an event got canceled and I forgot to cancel one vendor in particular. Our balloon artist, who we commissioned no, to have an archway no. done, well, they did their job and made the arch. And, well, we had to pay for it because I forgot to cancel it. But I don't feel super bad anymore because they did end up getting rid of the entire marketing team after firing their director. But in the moment, I felt like I really effed up and lost my company a couple hundred dollars. Anyways, not sure if that counts or if you're needing, like, a design fail, but that's it. No, that one is really good. But the, yeah. the only thing that I was hoping for is that <laughs> as they fired the whole team, they had to walk out through the <laughs> They probably did. <laughs> it's like That's walking where... out onto like a football field, yeah. but just leaving the company. <laughs> Goodbye. That's where I thought that was headed is that <laughs> the balloon artisan is there in the office making balloon animals as everyone's getting <laughs> just fired. Just them out. <laughs> <laughs> and they make like little hearts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, good <Yeah>. luck. <laughs> Be on your way. Oh, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Should we keep this thing rolling? That's Let's a great one. Let's keep it going. Thanks, coworker Carly. Thanks, coworker um, Carly. We'll make a t-shirt for you, you too. <laughs> yeah. I sent you another one. You ready to play that? Yeah. This is from uh, my sister, my oldest okay. sister. Her name is Lauren. Love uh, it. She's an in insanely talented and amazing and gifted person that also kicks really hard and throws really hard. So do not mess with her. Okay. What does Lauren do? Lauren. <laughs> she's I've... really talented and gifted, but she also kicks. And... In high school, in high school, she was like a state champion, like all American uh, water polo player. Oh, wow. To... That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. We used to get into fights and she would just like 
just destroy me, kick me oh, across the no. room with their legs. Oh, One no. time, this is another story for like, maybe we'll do like a sibling episode, but she threw we a spoon should. across, she threw a spoon across the kitchen and it hit me and like right in the middle of forehead, like oh. all the way across the kitchen. Oh no. Unbelievable. Yeah. She's a killer. Stitches? Now she, no, luckily I got a hard head. Oh, um, <clears throat> yeah. She's a landscape, uh, landscape designer now, oh. which is really cool. I'm re-landscaping yeah. my yard, so... Boom. Maybe she can help you with that ugly mulch. Yeah, the red <laughs> mulch. Yeah, we don't talk about that. It's fine. <laughs> you sent me the picture. The picture's not even bad. It's not okay. bad. Okay. All right, so play play this one from, uh, from yeah, Big Sis. So I was at a really legit job. It was, I was 20 years old, and I was very excited to be there. I didn't feel like I deserved the position at all. And I had a very frustrating coworker that I ended up ranting to a friend at work about in an email and shortly thereafter realized that I sent it to the girl that I was ranting about. <laughs> so wanted to crawl into a hole and die. Um, super not stoked about what was going to come next. In my mind, I was getting fired. Um, so I sat there and molded over for a few minutes and realized I had to put my big girl pants on and I pulled the girl into the conference room and apologized profusely. And I can say that no such thing has ever happened again. And I'm very careful about who I talk to and what I talk about. <laughs> and I will never forget that just sheer mortification of realizing that I was a total bitch, first of all, and just uh, the utmost idiot. <laughs> super awful. Ugh, I still get sick just thinking about that, that sinking stomach feeling of like your scent box and going, oh my gosh. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. I feel like everyone has that story though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Classic. Have you, have you done that? Um, uh, to my family. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Talking <laughs> yeah. crap on family and accidentally sending it. <laughs> Not yeah. talking crap on family. Mostly just saying like, I didn't want to like do a project for my dad and I sent it to the family group text. So it's fine. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it yeah. was like, so there's high school ones where you'd ask, I think my brother one time texted his buddies and was like, my mom totally bought it. Let's party or something like that. And texted mm -hmm. it to my mom. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just gave himself right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. he was texting my mom and saying, oh, hey, you know, we're having a sleepover at Riley's house. We're going to study. And, yeah. And then immediately tried to text his friends, but just sent it to my mom like, let's rage. Uh, oh, she totally bought lovely. it. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a similar one. Not in high school. It was like probably three or four years ago. And I was at uh -oh. work. And I worked with this just in like this next level grouchy, grumpy team. Mm -hmm. It's the grumpiest group of people I've ever worked with. And mm -hmm. I had one coworker that I got along with. Mm -hmm. And I uh, was messaging him during the meeting like, man, what is the deal? It wasn't even like that mean. But I said something like, just let them fight each other and, uh, <laughs> and wear themselves out. And then they'll all go take a nap. Oh, or no. something like that. Hey, naps fix and everything, man. They're yeah, great. so I was just calling them children and and making fun of them to this guy, not knowing that he was uh, presenting in a second. And he just mm. like pulled up, shared his screen, shared his screen, and didn't realize that he was sharing the oh, wrong screen. No. And his Slack, his Slack just like popped up and just hung in the meeting. Oh, that, um, yeah, that's not good. His That's Slack just hung in the meeting. And the best part is that I was in real time while he was sharing his screen saying, oh, shit, everyone can see this. <laughs> no. Sending it. <laughs> Drawing I more attention just, to it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. You should have just sent a bunch of emojis like right in a row. So it pushes it all the way off I the did. screen. I did. I you started did? pushing it. Oh I did. Gosh. But it was, it was such a large window that it, it, it slowly <laughs> no. just crept. It slowly crept higher and higher. Up just the calling screen. attention instead to of, it. Look here now. Yeah. Instead oh, of no. emojis, I was just typing 
shit, 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 over and over again. <laughs> oh, no. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, man, it was a terrible look. But Yeah, um, yeah, those situations I didn't, make I you felt, panic. I felt, yeah, I felt bad for a minute, um, but nobody, I don't think anyone said anything. I think they prided themselves on being just like hard to work with, which was so cool, but... <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I had one of those. I had one of those fails. So I feel oh, you, sis. Dear. That's a tough one. Yeah, that's very tough. Yes. Mm-hmm. My <laughs> my wife is blending <laughs> blending something furiously. Can you hear that? I can't hear it. I can't hear anything. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> I was the like, why blender. is he taking so long to respond? <laughs> <laughs> I was just on my end, like, yeah, keep, keep going. This is good. This is good. And the blender's up there, like, <laughs> um, yeah. Thank goodness yeah. for noise cancellation. But it was just funny because yeah. the blend tech just ramps up like higher and higher and higher yes. and higher. Yeah. Um. Anyway. I'm just going to press on and pretend that I can't hear it either. Shout um, out Blendtec. Shout out to Blendtec, our second sponsor. Therapy. <laughs> well, then and our moms. Blendtec. I think our moms. Oh, yes. Yeah. Our moms. Yeah. Are, uh, Jill, Jill? Jill, Jill and, Gwen. and Gwen. Yeah. Yep. Sponsoring our lives mm-hmm. since 1988. 95. And, oh, wow. That yeah. makes me sad. I know. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, that's okay. It's not your fault. Um, mm-hmm. Should we do another one? <laughs> yeah. What do we got? We have Grant coming up. Yeah, Grant. Uh, let me set it up real quick. Grant uh, is a neighbor of mine, neighbor uh, and also best friend. So Best friend? Shout out to wow. Grant Hansen. Yeah, Grant and I worked together a few years ago and we're like uh, work coworker friends, you know, like never really did anything outside of work. And then a mm-hmm. uh, couple years later, like hadn't talked to him. He just said, Hey, don't you live in vineyard? We're house sitting, um, like just down the street from you. So weird sort of coincidental thing where they ended up living down the street from us for a few months. And we ended up, oh. we spent like every night together for, Oh my months. gosh, that's so was, fun. Yeah. And then we moved to Eagle mountain and somehow convinced Gross. them to move way the hell out here too and we're loving it just living in the dust bowl that's good right after i say gross it's fine do you want to hear a funny story about eagle mountain i think i might have told yes. you i have an old co-worker it'll be quick old co-worker used to it lives there and he had some neighbors who had some bunnies and they were like our bunnies keep going missing where are our rabbits they must be getting I know out where they are oh i know where they are too they must be getting out of the fence or underneath the fence or whatever uh no my coworker was like actually it's probably the pack of coyotes i see on my ring doorbell every morning at 5 a.m they probably ate your bunnies so don't have bunnies in eagle mountain i'm i'm not joking there are coyotes um all over the place yeah there are giant owls hawks Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. eagles Mm -hmm. seen a bald eagle in my backyard what uh do they live in utah I think you're lying. Let, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not let, let let freedom ring, man. They're out here. <laughs> oh, um, no. There's bald eagles out here, and there's golden eagles. I, okay. I kid okay. you not. I'll send you a video. I took yeah. a video. It was it was majestic. You need, um, I would anyway, love to see this video. Don't have bunnies no. in Eagle Mountain. No they bunnies. Will surely die. Inside they will bunnies. Surely die. Yeah. No outside bunnies. Lots of predators. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear Here's from Grant. That. Here's Grant. When I think through failure stories uh, at work, when, you know, I'm a, I'm a, design, I'm a UX designer. Um, so design specific failure stories at work. There's this one that bubbles to the top. I was pretty new in the company. Um, it's a big company. I'd, I'd gone from the startup world where we had to just roll with things really quickly and, and ship them out super fast. And, all the priorities were on getting something out there rather than uh, making sure that that something was well-researched and that uh, everybody felt good about where it was going. It was exactly what the customer wanted. Then I, then I landed this large um, corporate entity that has, you know, thousands of employees or more and lots of budget and a big UX infrastructure and a team and researchers and all that kind of stuff. Well, I was not used to that. And I was excited to start learning to really put uh, really put some more effort behind the research. 
Um, but this situation kind of paints the picture of how unknown it still was to me. So I land on a team. We've got a great product manager. We've got some awesome engineers. I'm the designer. It's a project that's pretty new. It's been it's been well researched on the product side, um, as far as like the kind of impact it can have on the company, and everybody's really excited about it because the impact that it can have on the company is huge. And and so we jump in. Everybody is you know fresh eyed and and happy. And the thing that we wanted to do was to build this dashboard that would let users know how much this new feature is benefiting them. Because there's this whole rebate thing where if payments come through from vendors with credit cards, the client gets money back and we can show them how much money they're getting back. And based on the kind of volume that our, our clients do, we're like, man, this could make, this could make a lot of money for them. Like they could get a check saying like you made 20,000 bucks this year. Right. And who's going to sneeze at $20,000 returned on rebates. That's pretty neat. Well, I build this really shiny dashboard. It's got all the metrics you can, you could need to know just how successful you're being. It's got tools to link you straight into the actions to follow up on errors. It's got, um, it's got like projections where you can say like, well, we made 20,000 this year, but if we can increase our adoption by X percent, how much could we increase our rebates, right? And how much could we reduce our general spending and, and processing fees? And, you know, I was really excited about it. And we, we take this to some users, uh, schedule a call with a few who are going to be um, particular power users of this tool. Uh, and, and I go to them, you know, with this dashboard, I'm proud as like a kid who caught his first fish, right? And I show it to them and I walk them through everything and pull all the levers and flick on and off all the switches, all the lights are shining. And when I finish up with my intro, there's this silence on the other end of the line that lasts for like a very uncomfortable seven or eight seconds. And then finally, the lady in charge responds and says, well, this isn't, this isn't what we want at all. This is way too complicated. Like we're working with your competitor right now and our interaction with their, their um, <laughs> platform is to flick a switch. And when it's on, that's all. And it does everything else for us. And so I'm sitting there with this like crazy one man band contraption. It's like, you can make music of all kinds, you know? And they're saying like, I just wanted like to stream something on Spotify. I just wanted to push play. And uh, it, it was really, really good. So we, we scrapped it. We went back, we rebuilt, we came back with a new solution that was much more satisfying to them. But that was this, um, that was a really, really good educational experience that, made me stop so many times after that and, and just ask myself the question, have I actually talked to the user about this? Has anyone talked to the user? Uh, I don't know if you've ever ended up in those positions where like you're, you're going to class, um, you're in college, you know, you, you get to the classroom, everybody's lined up outside and you're all sitting there waiting for the teacher to arrive and unlock the door. And you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait. And then finally some, enterprising young mind steps up to the door and turns the knob and it was never locked in the first place, right? It's like, did we do the basic tests? Did we ask the basic questions before we dove in to the work? And if not, well, by golly, let's do it. It's going to be way more productive for us to pause, ask that question, scrap a few things in the design stage, uh, and and build it in the better direction. I mean, can you imagine if we'd actually gone through and spent the months it takes to build a dashboard like that with all of its intricacies, only to find out that nobody wanted to use it? So that was a that was a great fail story for my career. Definitely helped and taught me a ton. Okay, that's yeah. Grant. I have been there. <laughs> Yeah, I have been there. Uh, yes, yes. I remember when I was first starting out as a UX designer, switching over from uh, graphic design to UX design, selling my soul in the process. I had a good friend tell me who was my coworker. He was like, you need to not reinvent the wheel. 
you need to mm. just take a step back because I feel like I don't know Grant's background or anything, but I was so used to, I was working specifically on icons and I was so used to making things look good and making them look yep. different because you're used to thinking about like logos and brands and how to differentiate yourself, whereas, mm-hmm. or differentiate your clients. But then, whereas with product design, you want to make it as explicit as possible and say like, this is the delete icon. It should be a trash mm-hmm. can. It should not be a fire. <laughs> so yeah. 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 Conven- I, conven- yeah. Conventionality. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I had to have the talk of this is, this is too much. This is, mm-hmm. you are not doing what you need to be doing right now. So I have yeah. definitely been there and luckily we had the conversation right up front or else you can waste a lot of time. I I had an, uh, yeah. First of all, shout out to Grant who's got mm-hmm. the greatest, the greatest podcast voice and delivery. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I had almost an identical experience with a product manager where we designed and prototyped this entirely new product. We stayed up all night for like a week uh, super excited to show it to like the VPs. Um, and it just got shredded. I mean, Oh no, we spent a week on something and they probably not kidding. They probably looked at it for 12 seconds and we're immediately like, guys, this is not, this This isn't it. This is not even close to the direction. So I learned, I learned what, well, yeah, what Grant is saying that, um, you're going to be wrong. You, just, you want to be wrong in, in 12 seconds of work. Um, you want to be wrong with a napkin sketch or like mm-hmm. a whiteboard, a whiteboard drawing. Um, yeah. It, it was, yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough one to learn. Grant, we feel for you. I think every designer um, listening to the pod uh, feels for you because that one's, re- it's a hard lesson to learn. It is a very hard lesson to learn. Mm. Okay. Up next you want, is... What? Do you, yeah. Who, who's next? Mikey. Yeah, Mike. I was going to say okay? you could read your, you could read your other participant one, but we'll do, um, we'll do that one after Mike. I haven't heard Mike, okay. so I'm really interested Sounds in this. Good. Mike, uh, Mike's another insanely, insanely cool and close friend of mine who's in sales. So this would be cool getting the sales perspective. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, Logan. Love you, buddy. Um, wanted to wanted to put this together for you. I'll, I'll introduce myself really quick. So my name is Mike Henneman. Um, I'm the head of sales and marketing here at Videra Health in Orem, Utah. So so with that, I, I wanted to share just a, a quick story. Um, and and it, and it goes back to this, you know, talking about failure and and trying to get out of it and trying to generate enthusiasm and motivation after a failure is super difficult. And the first thing that I thought of uh, when you had reached out was when I was uh, – it was in 2011. And there's a little context here, too, that I had, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I mean, ever since I was a kid, my dad is an entrepreneur on a small business, and I just was so drawn – to that lifestyle and to kind of owning your own company, being a founder, growing something from nothing, you know, that, that, that dream, right? So um, fast forward to 2011. Um, I, I didn't have much life experience, but all I knew is I wanted to start a company. And I gravitated towards this idea that Facebook connected everyone to their strong tie relationships, right? So, the relationships that people had, like, hey, they're my friend, they're my colleague, they're in my class, they're in my church congregation, whatever that would be. I know them, or it's a friend of a friend, we connected at a party, an event, whatever it may be. But that there wasn't a good platform for, like, weak tie relationships, like connecting with people in groups or forums that had different interests, but you weren't, you know, connected to. Now, this is 2011, so a lot of the things that exist now weren't there. But I thought this was like the best idea in the entire world. And I put together this business plan. I had a, had a buddy that was a computer engineer, uh, or he's a software engineer. Um, and he, and, and we just were kind of trying to figure this out on all, all our own. And what was interesting is 
as I started, I was so passionate about it. As I started pitching it to everyone, I found out that the person that liked it most was me. And it wasn't necessarily that the idea was bad, but it's that every time someone poked holes into it or asked me questions, I got really defensive. And that I, I didn't, if I didn't know how to answer, I hadn't thought about it. But the reason I hadn't thought about it was because I didn't know how to start a business. And I got it basically just kind of fizzled out. I put so much time, energy, resources. I was trying to go to school at the same time, but this is all I could think about. And I wanted to, you know, make it big, and I wanted to go pitch angel investors, and I wanted to, you know, um, be part of a, an incubator and, and do all these things. That's what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how to start a business. I didn't put in the work or ask the right people or be mentored or do the things I needed to, and I was really, really depressed about it, and it affected me a lot, and I, it, it affected me because it made me think that I couldn't be an entrepreneur. I didn't relate it to the idea. I didn't relate it to my lack of experience. I related it to the fact that I wasn't good enough to be an entrepreneur for my own company. Did you, uh, yeah, did you have some dreamy thing, vision, quest that you went on at some point? Um, listen, my dad, I think your dad owns his own business, right? Mm -hmm. My dad owns his own business. So yes, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I think that those dreams were very real at a young age. Um, I just like mm -hmm. would sell crap from my room, like broken CDs and be like, look at this, buy it. Ooh, so always yeah. just trying to sell things to my neighbors. Mm -hmm. It's fine. But, um, not, I always like have tried to start little businesses. I mean, I have like that good morning co thing mm -hmm. where it's like, that's not generating any money, but I'd love it to turn into <laughs> something. But mm -hmm. when I was in school, I always wanted to do, um, like t-shirts, which I feel like every yeah. designer starting out wants Same. to do those. And then I was reached out to by, have you heard of Ghostly? Mm -mm. They're really cool. They are in like the music and design space. They're like cool. incredible. So you should look yeah. them up. It's just their uh, website's ghostly.com. When I posted about my typeface on Twitter, they, my Gleason typeface, that's my logo type. It's cool. They reached out to me. Thank you. And they were like, hey, we would love to do a collab. We would love you to create some t-shirts for us. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. 2020, mm -hmm. nothing's going on. So I was like super hyped. And then I sent them stuff and it was hot trash. It was not <laughs> oh, <no>. good. <laughs> I like look at it now and I'm like, what? Oh. Why? I just was trying mm -hmm. too hard. I mean, I did some where it was like just ghostly in that typeface, just the word ghostly. And I thought it looked pretty cool, mm -hmm. but it mm -hmm. might've been a little too plain for them. And I, he said like entrepreneurial depression. He went into that. I went into like mm. a designer depression because it was, mm -hmm. that was followed up. I worked at an agency struck in Salt Lake. I worked oh, yeah. there right out of school mm -hmm. and I just, I basically shit my pants. Like I just was like, <laughs> I am not good enough to be here. I suck. It was so bad. It was like the worst experience ever. I just second guessed myself on everything. They yeah. were awesome, but I hated my life there because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I here? So we mm. had that failure right out of school and then followed up quickly a year later. Uh, this ghostly thing, I went into a Holy design smokes. depression. So I was like second guessing wow. myself. I, yeah, it was, it was terrible because it was like these two like heavy hitters in the design space were like, Hey, you're good enough mm -hmm. to like do stuff for us. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. So <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you thought. I'll show you. Yeah. I'll show <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. It's like, hold my beer. Uh, but it's so hard. It's just, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you there. Everybody, yeah, everybody has that dream crushed moment, mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. hard, hard to admit yeah. uh, initially, and then hard to bounce back from too, because you yeah. definitely take a hit to the old confidence there. Okay, up next is Jeremy. Okay, so let's do let let's do Jeremy's last because I think his Jeremy's is the last. Um, okay, yeah, I sent those slightly out of order, um, but That's yeah, okay. Brendan's. Let's do Brendan's, and uh, his is. So I think five minutes and then we'll end with Jeremy's because Jeremy's story is just epic. Um, but yeah, Brendan is my brother-in-law. 
Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, we're pretty tight, you could say. But there came a point where my folks were like, hey, you need to help us out, you know. And so I was probably 17, 16 or 17 at this point. I think I would have been 17. I think I was a junior in high school. And my basketball coach, um, whose name was Marv Sanders, and Marv Sanders um, kind of looked like Colonel Sanders from the from Kentucky Fried Chicken, <laughs> right? And um, so we just called him. So we called him the Colonel. Um, and <laughs> yeah. the other reason why is as a basketball coach, he was super strict. And he just was kind of this, like, small town. He wore his polyester Wranglers with his pointy-toed cowboy boots on game days and a bolo tie with, like, his um, polo shirt. You know, white, like yeah. Farmington. Oh, yep. the, the white Farmington Scorpion High School basketball polo shirt. And so – Nice. But – but the colonel lives at the country club in Farmington at the golf course. And um, the summer before my junior year or the summer before my senior year, I forget which, he got me a job at the country club. Um, there was a really bad rainstorm that came through, and it was our job to get on these. Um, they were like golf carts, but they were called gators because they had a bed, right? Yeah. It was like a six-by-six. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we would get in these gators and we would go around the golf course and it was our job to like get all of the um, fallen branches out of the fairways and out of the rough and out of the bunkers and all this stuff and make sure like the course was playable for those first groups getting off in the morning. And so I'm out in my gator by myself and the fairways are super slick because it had rained and we're out there like right. jumping the hills and doing donuts and like getting all over the fairways and we're like running amok on the back nine. No one can see us. We're just back like in the pinion, uh, yeah. in the pinion trees and just being teenagers. I, just being teenagers. And I ended up, um, I got this gator floor and it's not like it's going fast, but something happened and I, lost control and I ran the thing right in like head first into a tree. No. And I broke it. And um I got fired that day from the golf course. Oh. They fired you on the spot? Yeah. They said we don't need people <laughs> like you working here. No. That's not an exact quote, is it? Those are the I I'll never forget. Those are the I felt so bad. The colonel had got me this job, my basketball coach. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> you know, I I felt really bad, you know, that I yeah, that I crashed the gator and I let him down and I look at it now and right. it's funny because the guy who fired me was like the quintessential like Bill Murray Caddyshack character. <laughs> right. right. I look back yeah, I look back now and I was like, Oh, he was living in the greenskeeper's like shed for sure. Wow. Yeah. But he fired oh, just me. what a thing. What are, what are the, 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 yeah, like the crashing the thing, I think everyone's crashed something in their lives and there's no, were you there, were you there the time that I put the garage, no, I think Rhett was there. I closed the garage on top of my mom's Porsche. Uh, no, no. Was that in uh, Lehigh? No, that was in, it was in Riverside. It was way, it was like when I, yeah, before I moved to Utah. Early Porsche days. Early Porsche days. I put the car in reverse and the windows are so freaking tinted that I was backing it out really slowly because I <laughs> thought that my brother's car was behind me. And I was backing it out, backing it out and taking forever. And I just like muscle memory went and pushed the closed garage door button. Um, uh, and the garage door like, like hit the top of the car and then I panicked and then I, didn't know what was behind me still, so I put it in drive and basically floored it back into the garage and just scratched, like, the entire top of her car. Oh, did um, your dad have the same reaction <laughs> that my ex-employer had? I don't 
I don't remember the words exactly, but I just remember the dude, just the shame. I was I was an adult too. I was like twenty three years old. Um but just the shame that you feel, like if 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 people couldn't know like how awful you felt, there's like no words necessary. You basically are thinking, Yeah, obviously I'm fired. Understandable. I would fire me too. But sure. let me let me hear let me hear let me hear that quote one more time. We don't need people like you working here. <laughs> and it's clearly stuck with you. I mean, you're you're no spring chicken, yeah. right? You're uh, you're, you're 30, yeah. 36, 30, I'm yeah. 38 right now. So, and I'll never you're 38. Wow. You look great. Thank you. Oh boy, nothing like a good crash story. I thought I didn't have one, but I do. So you do. Oh yeah, it sounds like you do too. So nothing like yeah, working a I, Porsche. Oh man, my mom had just gotten this Porsche. It was like her empty nesting like gift to herself, and uh, yeah, slammed the garage door right down on top of it. And then while the garage door was slamming on top of it, floored it. And the garage door dragged, yeah, exactly, dragged yeah. across the top of the car. Sparks Just everywhere. awful. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, that's not my only one, too. I mean. Oh, no. The other my... one. <laughs> yeah, you okay, tell me ahead. yours No, first. no, 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 no. No, I want to hear this. Well, this other one is absurd because I, we haven't talked about this yet, but I worked, I worked at a ranch before oh, I moved to Utah. Nice. Um, and I used to drive the poop tractor um mm -hmm. it's a like a small front end loader pulling a trailer full of manure so Love i would it. drive it through past the stalls i'd clean out the stalls throw all the poop in the trailer and then i would go dump the poop on the poop pile oh. and like Ugh. had to yeah had to like drive it in this circle but the poop pile had gotten so huge at this ranch that it was like a poop mountain and you had to drive this circle <laughs> like the ridge you had to drive oh, this like ridge ew. of this like circular poop mountain mm. and uh yeah i mean long story short i was up there one day and i took a corner like wrong up on top of poop mountain and the trailer started sliding off the side and the tractor fell and i jumped off the tractor and it like rolled off of poop mountain mm, i so. think that needs to be the title of this episode Poop, poop mountain. mountain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> poop mountain. That one was that one was so scary because you already you already feel like you don't fit in. I'm this like wannabe like surfer kid slash cowboy kid. And I'm dressed like I'm wearing like Hollister stuff out there at the ranch, and people Hollister? are like, "Who's this city kid?" It, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, it was it was bad. I already felt I already felt like I didn't belong there, and then I crashed the into poop, poop mountain. Yeah, it was awful. Mm, um, that's terrible. Anyway. Yeah. What's yours? Oh, boy. Um, I worked at a high school. I worked at Life Touch Photography. The people who... No way. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Oh, you know Life Touch. Said. Yes. Everyone knows yes. Life Touch. Yep. So I worked at Life Touch Photography, taking the school pictures of everyone, and we had to be at the schools, I kid you not, like an hour before... Uh, school started basically so we could get set up and school started at like 7 30 some places and we had to be there at 6 30 but I remember this one time I had to be there by like 6 a.m and it was two hours away up in like I don't know Randolph Utah or something like that it was I kid you not two hours away so I had to get up at 3 30 leave my house by four I had all the equipment in the back of my car whatever and I did not open the oh. garage when I was no. leaving yeah no. <laughs> yeah so it's like 4 a.m I don't know what's going on I'm just completely out of it I go to back up I'm half asleep and I just like just go right back into the garage just crunk it's oh, just no. so bad it just like oh it was so bad it just dented in and so i opened no. up the garage yeah it was terrible it was it was expensive it was bad the car was fine the garage door was mm -hmm. not fine so yeah. yeah that's gonna be that's gonna probably end up being an episode by itself is just people crashing things oh my gosh yeah yeah it's not yeah. good 
My mom tried to let my sister back the car out of the garage one time and she put it in drive and just drove it through the wall. Oh, yeah, I did that. I drove, I did that. I drove into my dad's car. So, and I was an adult. So here you are. Hang on. Five minutes ago, five minutes ago. Hey, I have, I've never crashed anything in my life. And we're already up to two. We're already up to two. By the end of this episode, yeah. And these were all when I was like an adult, not in high school. So yeah, man, not good. It's the worst. It's such an awful feeling. It is. Um, Okay, that tees up um, our last one. This is from Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy is another brother-in-law, but on um, my wife's side. Brendan's on. um, Brendan's like my side. My sister's husband. This is my Mm -hmm. wife's brother. Not as so, cool. Just kidding. No, he's he is very cool. He's a little okay. he's a little sick. He's he's a little sick in the recording, so he doesn't sound as cool as Brendan. Um, but That's everybody okay. forgive forgive yeah forgive Jeremy because he's a little congested and and sick and stuff. But uh, this is a story. It happened to both of us, so we're kind of like co telling it on the the hotline. Nice. Um, but yeah, enjoy enjoy this one because it's stuck in my brain forever. Well. Are you up for telling that fail story that you mentioned to me the other day? Because it is a doozy. It is a doozy. I mean, I I could sure give it a shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I can so jump right into that. <laughs> yeah. Let, maybe maybe I'll set, maybe I'll set it up to just kind of like give you like an alley oop here. But we, you and I, both worked at a an ag tech company so agricultural technology these people were trying to invent like these wild uh indoor like vertical farming machines that would replace uh this cube that was like 25 feet wide 25 feet tall um it was essentially the idea is that it would replace like 100 acres of farmland right yeah or i think it was 250 acres but i mean details Holy smokes. Yeah, details. Yeah. And uh, I was on the, yeah, like, marketing and product team, um, and you were you were boots on the ground. You were, like, building the machines. You were putting everything together. <laughs> yeah, these uh, supposedly automated farms. Yeah, the automated farms that were so automated that, what, it required you to sleep in a hammock, like, outside of them? How often? <laughs> Like, uh, well, there was five guys, and we'd all swap off. Um, so once a week, I would just be there um, overnight. And everybody everybody who accepted the overnight job, we were brought into a meeting room, and they said our only job is when the alarm goes off, you just click restart, and you can just do whatever you want. You can literally just be there and sleep in a hammock. You can just... But you don't even have to stay there that long. Um, you can stay for mm. like an hour, go get food. As long as you come back and just start the machine back up, it's completely fine. Um, okay. So th- there was a night, I think it was like my second night ever um, staying the night over there just to start these pods up. And mm. it was just me. Uh, typically, we did it in uh, groups of two. But it was just Body me this system. night. I, yeah. <laughs> Um, it was just me this night, and mm-hmm. so I went about my shift, um, just a typical night. I woke up like six times in the middle of the night to reboot this machine, and um, the next guy came in, and I just went home. About four hour, four-ish hours later, I get a call saying, we're all hands on deck, because there's mold in these <laughs> these automated farms, and we need everybody mm-hmm. to come clean it out. <laughs> so I'm already tired, you know. I've just been I was just there all night um, with getting restless sleep, um, and I just remember showing up to the automated farm. Everybody there, even including the marketing marketing team, like engineers, people who have never even been to the farm before, were there. Um, mm-hmm. some of them messed up, some of them not, but just pulling out carts and carts and carts of, um, just molded, uh, what, what would you even call it? Like seed? Um, yeah, it's like a seed, it's like a bed. Imagine like a plastic tray and, uh, it's like three or four inches deep and there's just like a, a bed of, of seeds and, uh, 
all of them were just this disgusting, soupy, moldy, uh, like hazardous mess. <laughs> yeah, it right? was a, it was an absolute mess. Yeah, we call them carts, but basically the idea of the machine is that each of these carts would get seeded, and then they would go around this like giant loop and get watered as they needed. And they would grow mm-hmm. um, grass, and then it would get back to the harvesting. It dump it, clean it, restart it all over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, almost every single one of these carts were just a soupy, moldy mess, and everybody <laughs> was just cleaning it all out. It was it was like completely encased <laughs> in this white tarp, so everybody would walk in, and the smell would just hit you, and you'd yeah. only want to be in there for like a couple of minutes to grab a cart and. Um, no, it, you it run smelled. Out, dump it out. I remember right. when I showed <laughs> up. Smell, yeah. I remember this. I'll never forget the smell. But it was like this, like scary greenhouse meets like failed drug lab smell. Um, it was just so, so bad. If I remember correctly, too, I think that, I think that the board may have been like scheduled to visit that day. Yes. Yes, they were. And that's why, and that's why it was such a huge deal is because the entire place, it's like, imagine like, it's like an air, like a small airplane hangar full of like five or six of these giant machines. Uh, and you walk in and just get punched in the face to the point, to the point where like a lot of the guys that were cleaning in the actual pod, like under the canvas, um, were just like, I walked in and there were three or four people throwing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like a it was like a biohazard zone where people were running outside and throwing up and running back in and trying to get it done because the board had been told like, Oh, these things are they're we're killing it, you know, these things are are humming along almost no problem. <laughs> they're work they're working and the day that they're supposed to show up, uh Something happened, right? And that's what I want to dig into next is, like, the fallout. Because I remember how pissed. Um, it was like a it was like a weird witch hunt, right? Like, that you got, like, sort yeah. of, like, caught in the, in the middle of. Well, the thing is, these yeah, parts would move every yeah, 10 minutes. Um, right. What, what happened next? And there was over – we pulled out over – there's, like, there's a thousand cards per pod. We pulled up about 350 carts, um, which is way more than what my shift would have had. So mm-hmm. it wasn't my fault, but I guess in part it was. So I wouldn't say it was really a fail on my part, but rather management <laughs> or the company in general. Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, we were told just to click restart. Um, but, yeah, everybody was on my booty about it i was the one who was i had to take sole responsibility and my job was basically on the line um mike pulled me michael pulled me into his office which is my manager um was my Mm -hmm. manager and just said hey man like this happened on your shift and we're not too happy about it and we're thinking we might send you back to building carts Wow, I didn't yeah, know about I was that. How did that entire thing? Well, how did yeah? How did that feel? Oh, it felt just fantastic, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that my entire job, I was getting blamed for something I didn't do. Basically, that was a good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, I mean, uh, we're hoping that this segment it, it's. It wasn't funny. It wasn't funny like when it happened, obviously, but um, it's been a few years, right? Like stressing out. Yeah. (laughs) Like looking looking back on it now. Like, are there things you learned from it? Like, how do you view it now? Uh, What are like what are your takeaways now? You know, as you're so much more mature now. You know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. At the time, I didn't really think anything about it. I was just upset that I was being blamed for this whole operation. But I feel like now it's it's made me think about what I do more. Um, 
I work in quality assurance now, so it's not like if I do anything <laughs> wrong, um, a pod's going to blow up or something. But, yeah, um, it definitely helps to just be super meticulous in quality assurance, and I feel like having that experience um, helped me be good at this job. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you want to add this part in, but needless to say, is no longer a company. <laughs> I don't even think we said the name of the the company when we started. We didn't. We didn't. I think I'll I'll probably bleep it out. But I love, yeah. Yeah, I was trying you're to think yeah, of gonna... like other fail stories that I have, but I I mean, I don't know. I I tend to push stuff out like that. What do you mean? Like, my memory doesn't retain um, failures very well. Hmm. I just kind of like, that, okay, I won't do yeah. that again, and then just, like, forget about what specifically made it so that I wouldn't think that I'd do it again. <laughs> do you think um, – this is actually really interesting. Do you do you think that's uh, a good thing or a bad thing? Is that a gift or a um, I feel like it's a gift. Um, cause I still, I still learn from the experiences and I still like, um, grow from them, you know, but I don't mm-hmm. specifically remember the stories that made it so that I would grow for them. I just remember the lesson I got out of it. So I would say it's both, mm. both a blessing and a curse. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Wow. That was one of the grossest worst days of my entire career yeah. where I just reevaluated every decision I'd ever made. Yeah. Um, so the story's gross and it was awful. The board, like the board of the company that owned the company that we worked for, like mm-hmm. the bosses, bosses, bosses were all scheduled to show up at like 9 a.m. Oh my and gosh. Somebody, somebody showed up at like seven and <laughs> The, that's like it was that dramatic oh no where oh no the board was it was like a movie yeah they were no. they were like trying to they were trying to stall them and we were like trying to freshen the place up all the doors were open ew. but everyone was everyone was throwing up ew ew so you're yeah it was just bad no yeah. more details or no. anything but no. I, I i know that one was a little bit longer but the end of it actually ended up being more interesting to me than the story mm-hmm. um, that is interesting. and while we were listening to it you kind of had a reaction and i wanted to see what your thoughts were and what what, what was that about yeah so when he said that he blocks out failure his like brain doesn't retain the memories of failure i'm like oh yeah like big failures they're gone. I don't have big failures. I'm perfect. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, you've I'm never crashed kidding. a car. I've never crashed a car. <laughs> but then it's like you get talking about those things and you're like, mm-hmm, wait a second. You're human mm-hmm. too. I don't know. I think it's just easier to remember the bad like up front, like right after something happens, you're like, okay, let's analyze that a million times and let's remember it and play it back in our head. But then like, as time goes on a few years down the road, you're, it's not as bad and you kind of forget the details until you uh, talk about it again. So maybe not that my brain forgets it, but just with time, a lot of these failures that keep popping up in my head are just silly, you know, rather Mm. than, actually big failures okay so kind of a time time heals all wounds Mm -hmm. sort of thing yeah yeah okay yeah yeah that was an interesting one i i liked digging into that with jeremy and it made me yeah made me think about myself as well Mm -hmm. um nothing like being the scapegoat right it's an interesting one i think i think i liked i liked leaving that one till the end because i do i do want to wrap this up but it it made me think about I, I liked Jeremy's thoughts about um, lear- learning from it mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. growing and kind of using using what you need to from it and then sort of putting it aside. I think I struggle like obsessing over things. We've talked about that. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, most of them are just funny stories now, mm-hmm. you know. They're just silly. It's just fun. It's just we're just human. What is life yeah. without failures? Boring. There you go. There it is. There you go, everybody. Thanks for hanging in there. Put it on a freaking t-shirt. Let's, uh, yeah, let's wrap this thing up. 
and uh, call it a night. Great. I'm gonna go watch. I'm gonna go watch Better Call Saul. I'm gonna go eat this lava cake. I got it from Harmon's. <laughs> it's so good. I'm gonna put ice cream on it and caramel. Oh, it's really yummy. <laughs> I thought you might. I thought you might be out of dessert. No, I'm not. I no. <laughs> I went to a bakery this weekend. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Okay. Go get after that lava cake. I'm going to go uh, see what happens in this week's episode of Better Call Saul. Um, thanks, everybody. If you hung in there, um, if you're here with us now, we love you. Yeah, we'll talk soon.